0: Hi everybody, welcome back to Beyond Words with Felix and Al. This is Al, recording a little introduction from my hotel room in Lima, Peru. I'm back in Peru after spending the last three months in Europe. Uh, It's interesting to be back in Lima after being in Europe. I think, uh, you know, I've done quite a bit of traveling actually during the pandemic, so I've had the unique opportunity to to see and witness and feel how different societies and populations of people are responding to this, uh, pandemic and not strictly just, you know, observing, uh, you know, the different mandates and rules that are being applied. So in some places you have to wear a mask and others not. Um, but really just feeling the, how it impacts the population on an emotional level and of having conversations with people and, And uh, on the on like fear, I think fear is a big theme with this pandemic. Uh, Yesterday, I was you know traveling to get from Poland to Peru. I took a train to Berlin, then I flew from Berlin to Lisbon, then I flew from Lisbon to Miami, then I flew from Miami to Bogota, Colombia, and then from Bogota to Lima. And uh, by the time I was going through that last. Uh, connection in Bogota I was just starting to get really frustrated with wearing a mask and uh, and coming into Peru it's like Peru they up it they up the fear and the rules and you have to wear a face shield and a mask and and you know I'm not anti-mask I just get frustrated it's just hard to wear a mask all day Uh, it's really hard for me to breathe so anyway so it's getting frustrated and I wanted to take off my mask and just write uh, like take a black marker and just write on the mask this is a virus of fear because you know, if I write it on the mask and black marker maybe a bunch of people will realize this is a big fear virus of course there is a a biological virus but I think the fear is causing a shit ton more damage than the virus itself Uh, that's my perception and here in Lima, Peru, the fear is at a whole new level. I can feel it. I can hear it when I talk to people. Um, you know, the amount of people I see leaving their apartments wearing spacesuits, basically, like just head to toe, like a spacesuit. Mem- I mean, and the number of people I see driving cars by themselves without, you know, with a mask on. That tells me how much fear there is. And then plus the conversations. It's just people are really scared. And a lot of that fear comes from the media people consume. And here in Peru, a lot of people don't really, either they don't have access to or they just choose not to um, hear from different sources or learn about you know, different sides of a story. And so they just really consume the um, government mainstream media narrative here. And the narrative here is more fear-driven than I've seen anywhere else. And people are just scared shitless. And you can feel it. And it's terrible. I think like living in this kind of fear that I see here is really bad for the immune system, I think. I mean, it affects the nervous system, fear. And the nervous system is connected to the immune system and you know i haven't studied this but my instinct tells me that uh if i'm in constant fear all the time fear in my bones then that will compromise my immune system so it's not helpful uh and people you know are so afraid they're not going out like they should to get fresh air and sunshine that's not good for the immune system so yeah i'm i'm You know, I I hesitate to really express many views about this, at least publicly, because there's so much I don't know. I don't know. I know I don't like wearing a mask, but I also know that there's a chance that me wearing a mask is helpful uh, to other people. So I follow the rules, but um, I just really see how fear impacts this situation, and I think it's tragic. And I wish we could measure fear and I wish there was a way to measure uh, the negative impact of fear on people, on their well-being, on their health and whether this negative impact of fear is actually more detrimental than the risk of the COVID-19 sickness itself. There's not really a way to measure that, but, but I think if you could weigh, weigh the costs of being in fear versus, uh, The chances of getting sick from this thing. Uh, I don't know, man. The fear is a real bitch. So anyway, that's me. This is Beyond Words. This is episode 12. And today, Felix and I had a great conversation. Well, it wasn't today. It was actually last week, but I'm releasing it today. And our conversation was uh, mainly around the topic of manipulation. And really the underlying theme of a lot of our conversations come down to authenticity, honesty, being real to ourselves and to others. And manipulation is just really another mask that we can wear. And Felix and I really kind of dove into this topic and uh, got to know it a little bit. So we hope you enjoy this journey, this conversation as much as we did. And uh, before we start the episode... I'm going to ask again please 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 it really helps us out if you do the following if you're listening on Apple podcasts and you haven't done so yet please give us a five-star review please and subscribe to the podcast those two actions really help to get the podcast front and center so more people can find it and listen if you are in the future and you're watching this on YouTube or listening on YouTube uh, please subscribe and hit the notification bell and like the podcast. would really, really help us. On Spotify, please subscribe to the podcast. Any other platforms, please subscribe. Five-star reviews, notifications, all of those actions really help. So thank you so much. Uh, and please connect with us. Uh, Felix and I created a Facebook group for the podcast. The group is called Beyond Words with Felix and Al. It's a public group, so you can find that on Facebook and join if you're not on Facebook and you'd like to reach out to offer feedback, constructive criticism uh, or you have questions or you something we you'd like us to discuss on the podcast please, please, please reach out to us by email. Our email address is Felix and al at protonmail dot com that's felix and al at protonmail dot com All right, everyone. Thank you for listening to this podcast and we hope you enjoy this journey this journey on uh this journey of manipulation <laughs> this journey about manipulation and authenticity and masks welcome to episode 12 cue the music enjoy the show Welcome back. We have liftoff. What is this, Felix? Episode 12.
1: 12.
0: Wow. Yeah. We're coming up to my sports number 13.
1: Oh, man. That'll be a super special one. We should do like a, a song and dance special, like a musical episode. For
0: a special number 13. Great. Yeah. We'll do, or maybe it can be an episode of like highlights from the previous 12 episodes. Hmm. That actually like might that. Like that, that might work because you'll be offline for for that week going into dieta.
1: Yeah, man. I'm going to be offline just for two weeks. So it'll be a nice little short uh, seclusion or yeah. isolation time. Even though this whole time of COVID has been an isolation time. So it's a bit like I should have been dieting this whole time, I guess.
0: Well, this takes, yeah. I mean, I think this is a really important practice. Uh, that I don't do enough of now, but just, and it, even if it's not in the form of a diet, but just completely unplugging and just having time to just go inwards and reflect and disconnect from all the information, all the communication uh, for, I mean, for two weeks. It's, I think it's an amazing practice. So, but yeah, yeah I
1: mean, honestly, I'm really excited to put my phone down. I'm so excited yeah. to like stop seeing news and social media and, kind of been a a cause of anxiety god this morning was wild i'm sitting down having my morning coffee and i made the mistake of opening the news post presidential debate oh yeah Uh, i was like oh why would i why would i do this to myself so immediately i turned it off put some like good tunes on and just like i'm i'm just setting it down for a while it's nice to step away from it Um, yeah yeah
0: yeah i did the same thing this morning i couldn't help myself Uh, but you know, I think that's really, really important. Um, you know, I took a, a few weeks break just from the news and that was really useful for me. Um, but really just disconnecting completely from all of this, uh, it just, it just gives the brain and body and everything time to reset. And, and then inevitably when I, like when I come out of diet, I notice how these, like a lot of time on my phone or computer, how much it actually impacts me. It's a real shock to the system coming right out of diet. And, you know, it it takes time to acclimatize again to the screens and the input. So uh, I think a lot of us, including myself, I just lose track of what it does, what the screen time does to me and um, how, how it just like, I lose track of time sometimes with it, and then I realize how much time I'm spent on in a day on the screen. Do you ever watch? Like, can you check your screen time on your Android phone? Because on the iPhone, yeah, it has a watcher on it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I stopped looking because it was, it was a little bit, and I kept making excuses. It's like, oh well, it counts as screen time when my when I just leave Spotify on to update that like takes five minutes because it downloads new tracks, you know. So I'm not actually looking at it, but but yeah, man, it totally adds up.
1: I, I'm actually looking at it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I, I get, that's where I get caught. But yeah, I mean, like for for me, I, it's it's amazing to see, especially when we take that break away from it. Mm. Like you said, just how much it impacts us. Mm. Like the, my first three or four days of diet are just like just kind of detoxing from media, from using my phone, from watching YouTube videos, from whatever it is. And uh I mean, I often see it when I'm doing ceremony too. It's like Soft and I were both playing Bejeweled at one point, and I love that game, man. It's little jewels. They make funny sounds. and
0: I love that game, too.
1: Oh, my God. It's very, very addicting. But we go into ceremony, and as soon as the medicine started to come on, all I saw was big jewels coming down, <laughs> bursting, like the diamonds and the rubies. I was just like, oh, okay, that's a clear sign to stop and i always stop for an extended period of time and it's the time like when i get closer to diet where i'm like oh i know i'm gonna clean it so i might as well just make it a bit dirty right
2: right
0: (laughs) isn't that interesting though i've had the same experience with medicines where i mean it's basically like for me for a while i was playing a lot of chess on the phone and then i'd have a ceremony and i would just see chess in my vision and ceremony. And it just shows you that whatever, whatever, like whatever I pay attention to on the screen kind of engraves itself in my brain and it continues to play in the background and medicine like brings it to the foreground and it shows me. And and I think that's the same reason that I've had ceremonies where I saw like eight cartoons from the eighties that I watched as a kid were like being cleaned out. I was seeing He-Man and shit like, um, Really, it's very strange, man, but it, all that stuff like stays imprinted in the brain and it's just running in the background. And I, I just, you know, how much of an impact does that have on us? Uh, I don't know, but it must.
1: It's, it's a big impact. I mean, it, and it's, it's easy to say it's a big impact and like know it notice it's a big impact because when we go into ceremony, but it's like, why do we keep picking it up? You know i don't i don't know what what's in this subtle bright screen that really makes us enjoy looking at this screen it's, it's kind of it's an addiction in, in a lot of cases and i mean for me it, yeah it's it kind of ties into what i wanted to talk about this is actually why i wanted to talk about manipulation because it was such a profound thing last night i usually have my just finished dinner i'm going to go sit down have a mapacho, relax and just kind of savor the food and gap out for a minute and as i'm getting closer to yet i'm thinking about all these things because i am aware that i'm going to have to clean the media i've been consuming Mm. so as i'm sitting there and consuming media i'm like god like i'm so turned off by trying to you know gap out on this device but i'm still doing it i feel like there's something is Is it an an addiction? Is it manipulation? Is it something that's drawing me into these screens? Like, uh, there was a recent documentary. I didn't watch it, but I had you know Safa watch it. She was telling me about it uh, about social media.
2: The social dilemma.
1: Social dilemma. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, Yeah. I saw it too. Did you watch it? Yeah, it. it?
0: Blew my mind. Scared the shit out of me too.
1: Well, so I actually didn't watch it, but listening to Safa kind of describe the con. The concepts they were talking about is terrifying man i mean facebook is designed the ai of facebook is designed to continually suck you in and make you so you know so you keep picking up facebook you keep opening facebook and man i i get that every time i open facebook i'm like oh look there's pictures of trees oh i'm gonna see more pictures of trees or oh there's nice quotes today oh i'm gonna get more quotes or If I Google search on my phone, motorcycles, which I love motorcycles, I all of a sudden I'm starting to get ads and like videos of motorcyclists and like stunt riding and all this strange stuff. I'm like, where, how does it know that I'm watching these things or that I'm attracted to these things? And so within this AI, I mean, this AI is programmed to manipulate us into being more absorbed into its program. That sounds like the matrix. It's, it's, it sounds terrifying. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know. What are, what are your thoughts on that? And cause you did actually watch the documentary. So,
0: yeah, I think that's basically what I got out of it. I mean, and some of my friends and my wife's friends who worked in the world of social media, they watched this documentary and they were like, yeah, duh. Like to some people, this is really obvious, but to me just the idea that with social media, we are not like, we're not the consumer of it. We're actually the product. And so, it's designed to capture your attention to sell you to advertisers, and the the documentary was really clever because basically they, you know, there's all these algorithms designed to keep you hooked to whatever your media you're consuming, but they 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 personified it as a human as like a couple human beings who are just like uh, having a chat about how they're going to keep Felix hooked, and they're like, all right, Felix just signed in okay. Okay. He's liking videos about motorcycles. All right. Let's feed him 30% more motorcycles. Okay. Okay. Yeah. 30% of that should keep him hooked. And then, all right, let's drop him an advertisement about, uh, plant medicine retreat. Cause, uh, two days ago, you know, he, he was looking at plant medicine and okay, nice, nice. Okay. So it's just, but yeah, it's basically a strategies to, to, to keep, to keep us glued. And, um, but yeah, to me, I, the gist of the documentary was just realizing that we're the product in these social medias, nothing else. In...
1: That 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 statement alone blows yeah. my mind. That blows my mind. Yeah. And I think, you know, within this work, I think our task is to start untangling moments in our life where we're manipulated, when we're controlled, when we're, you know, especially manipulated, actually. Um, a lot of people's traumas, when they come to us they're like you know as a child i was manipulated quite heavily to do things i really didn't want to do or i was manipulated because you know or i felt manipulated because i was not receiving love so i had to do things in order to show that i needed love and it's now i think that we have such a deeper knowledge basis in psychology Manipulating people to pull them into products or pull them into a an app or to pull them into whatever is is terrifying because they're using basic psychology against us they're using manipulation against us mm-hmm. unless you want to call an AI changing algorithms to suit your desires, not manipulation maybe what's your take on that it's oh, yeah
0: yeah i mean i I think it is manipulation and Yeah, in terms of the the aspect of it that's marketing and and getting us to buy things, it's like yeah, I can look at it like oh, it's basically the algorithms are working for me to help show me things that I want, but I think in a subtle way it's creating wants um, that don't that aren't there on their own. It, it I haven't thought about that much. I mean, what's what what I. What worries me with the manipulation on social media is more related to like political stuff and i think it's quite obvious that uh there's basically it's i well it's clear to me i don't know if it's true or not but it looks it looks true and i i've heard it's true that there's a war being fought you know between countries right now through social media and through um dividing people by using social media and a lot of what I see going on in the states, I think it is a manipulation, and it is based on social media. I mean, there, there, it's it's been proven that there have been um, uh, protests uh, that were actually organized by Russian bots or Russian uh, people who are paid to set this kind of thing up. But they organized protests in the states. pretending to be some local organizer for something. So they're actually creating uh, discord and creating division. And uh, I imagine the U.S. is doing this too to other countries, but, but uh, it's, yeah, that, that just kind of, that's really troublesome, really. I mean, if 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 people are are starting to fight each other and these protests get violent sometimes, and if the protest was started by someone who actually had no skin in the game, but is actually just intentionally doing it to divide people, I mean, I, I that 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 to me is absolutely like terrifying, <laughs> uh, and I hope people get like wake up to this, you know, and um, so, but social media is it's a tool for some, like for us, for example, we want to share this podcast. And, uh, I I hope that this is useful and valuable conversations that we're having for people. And I think a lot of people, when they listen, they tell me that, yeah, I've been thinking about the same things and thank you for reflecting about this. So how else do we get this stuff out there? You know, it, social media is useful. Um, do you, yeah. What do you think about that? And do you think there are Maybe there's space for an alternative social media that doesn't rely on, on this kind of advertising manipulation.
1: I, I think social media is a tool for advertising period and manipulation. I think, I think advertising in itself is a manipulation. Period. Sure. Absolutely. Um, in some form or another. And it's not like, I mean, hopefully you and I aren't out there, like, manipulating our listeners, like, listen to more, you should really, you know, you should get in there because the next episode we're going to, like, <laughs> blow your minds with, like, some universal truth, because uh, we're not, so just enjoy our podcast, and just, if you like it, you like it, uh, but advertising in itself is a, is a tool for manipulation, and if social media is a platform for advertising, in some form, it has to utilize for bigger businesses manipulation well for smaller people go ahead
0: no i'm sorry and maybe just i'll let you finish that thought but i I thought maybe let's get to the let's start at zero and just let's define like what is manipulation what does that mean to you manipulation or someone is manipulating someone else like what does it mean
1: yeah what is manipulation well without giving like a textbook answer no your answer man in Mm -hmm. my yeah yeah in my experience, manipulation is it's sometimes unconscious and sometimes conscious, but it's a person or a, an action that can change the perception of another person or can push them towards making a choice or decision that may not be entirely their own. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I, without giving an example, that's what I see it as. And maybe, maybe you have a different definition. Than or I'll ask.
0: So what would be the difference between manipulation and convincing someone something versus manipulating them to something?
1: Hmm. Wasn't well, convincing kind of a byproduct of manipulation. You're, the intention behind manipulation is to convince somebody of an action or a product. Like if I were going to tell you, man, this, this coffee mug, man, you know, I just got this thing. It stays warm for at least eight hours. I don't know how it does it, man. If you had this coffee mug, you'd have warm coffee from breakfast time till you're eating dinner. It doesn't really matter. You know, I'm going to sell you on this because it's really important that you start drinking warm coffee. If you don't have warm coffee, you're just drinking cold coffee. Might as well have iced coffee. That's a different mug. I don't have that mug, but you really want this warm coffee. Now. I'm trying to convince you, but within that, you know, if I start to say, you know, okay, Al, I mean, I know you've, you've got a coffee mug, but it's not really, it's not the greatest coffee mug. It's like, a, it's not going to stay warm. Right. You know? and, and I know that you've, you've expected that you'd have really good things, but it's okay. It's okay. I have the best one. So I, it, you know, you should, you shouldn't feel too bad. Mm-hmm. And I, and I want you to start... That's when I start utilizing emotions. You know, when I start utilizing maybe core wounds as an idea. I'm not going to use core wounds in this example, but like using wounds as a way to start pulling you towards what I want you to have or sure. what I want you to buy or what I want you to do. So
0: it's like... It's doing more cause you're saying one thing like this, here's this coffee mug, I'm selling it, but you're doing a lot more kind of behind the scene. And if I'm, you know, Joe, Joe idiot, or like average Joe, you know, <laughs> then, and I, then I'll, I'll get sucked into it. And I think you actually would be a great salesman, by the way, that was, that was impressive. <laughs> uh, okay. So what I'm hearing from you is that, um, like, so convincing. So for me, convincing would be like, this is a phone, and it's it's uh, what's called a smartphone. It's super powerful. You can do email. You can uh, check the weather. You can surf the internet. You can send messages. I own one. I think it's pretty awesome, um, and I'm selling this one. Are you interested in buying it? So
2: yeah.
0: <laughs> cool. I mean, to me, that's yeah. not that when that's not manipulation because I felt like I was being honest about it. You know, like. And if I have one for sale, this is me being honest about what I think of this. Versus um, I wouldn't even know how to manipulate in this sense, but like, but like Felix, what is one thing that's missing in your life right now?
1: Exactly. I, I don't know what is I I can't think.
0: <laughs> right, right.
1: How many things uh, missing. That's <laughs> a great man. That was so perfect though, because that's that's how they get you because Everybody feels this this existential sense of missing something in their life, Mm -hmm. and when they start utilizing that as a tool to get you to buy something, Mm -hmm. uh, to me, I see that as a subtle form of manipulation because there's an awareness of the psychology of the human being. Mm -hmm. So that was that man. That was the best example ever.
2: Mm -hmm.
0: Yeah. So it's like non-consensual. It's like basically tapping into the programming and and the best salesmen are like hackers. They're hacking into your psychology to get you to say yes. And they're reading all of your body language and your facial expressions and just finding their way in to convince you to buy something or um, to convince you of a certain ideology.
1: Yeah. Well, even within that, the idea, like you just said about body language, the human being likes to mirror things. We're very good at mirroring things. So if I'm super excited about this coffee mug, and man, you really got to check this coffee mug out. Mm-hmm. I know some part of you is already starting to mirror that.
2: Mm-hmm. Maybe not
1: in this instance, but it, it's how I can sell this to you, right? A great salesman is a great manipulator. Mm-hmm. He's going to convince you that the thing that you've actually been missing the whole time in your life is this product. Mm-hmm. Now, if we take a step back and actually bring that into like a everyday life standard. That goes the same thing for partners who have manipulated us. Mm -hmm. That goes the same thing for parents who manipulate us. Mm -hmm. That goes the same thing for friends who manipulate us. We see that maybe we're in a weakened state and we feel vulnerable and we're open and, and they start to utilize that as a tool for bringing us in a sense, getting energy from us.
0: Huh? When you really boil it down,
1: when you really boil it down, it's it's kind of vampiric I think. Mm -hmm. And that's just an idea. Um, but it, I, I can I can think of many friends that got me to do things I didn't really re- want to do mm-hmm. because I didn't want to lose my friends. Mm-hmm. This is this is this idea of manipulation kind of stemmed from our last talk. You know, I I know we don't want to hurt people online. We don't. We're not. We're not those kind of people. But what is the line between speaking our truth? and hurting people? And how careful are we going to be? And like, what is that manipulation? Is that unconscious manipulation? Is that a subtle Mm. social manipulation? And why do I have that fear? Why do I fear saying the wrong thing to somebody to make them not like me? Is that manipulation? Is there some form of manipulation in that?
0: Well, well, I, I think that's in some way, unless a person is, a Buddha. But if there is any unaddressed trauma and someone, especially if someone hasn't really recognized it or, you know, looked within in their life, but it's unconscious, I think in a way every interaction might at its foundation have some level of manipulation, right? Because if, if I'm, if, uh, when I'm traumatized, And I'm going through life suffering with it. I'm probably trying my best to fill whatever hole or need that trauma has created within me. And so uh, maybe it's a need, like a need for uh, companionship from, you know, a need to be in a relationship. I've seen a lot of relationships and I've been in them myself that are really based on both sides trying to fill a need rather than actually like a, an empowered coming together of two human beings. And so in that sense, I look back at those relationships that I was in and they were super manipulative. Now I recognize that. There was, and how were they manipulative? Well, both parties in the relationship were wearing masks. Like I was wearing a mask in order to... Uh, essentially convince this woman to be with me. And I wasn't actually being myself. And at that time, I probably didn't even know who myself was in a way because I was constantly wearing a mask. And as I've gotten older and done, I mean, especially with plant medicine, but just looking within and getting to know myself, you know, we talked about this in the last episode, these masks starting to fall. And I I even talked with my wife about this, you know, when we first met, in some ways, I was, I was, I know I was wearing a mask, I was pretending to be someone that I wasn't in order to attract her. And I think that's a very natural thing. Um, But the health, healthiest and longest lasting relationships I've seen are the ones where people have, have really let let go of the mask and they love each other for that fundamental core essence of who they are. So yeah, to summarize and to answer your question, I think manipulation is pretty much happening uh, in nearly every interaction. If there's unaddressed trauma trying to be, uh, if I'm trying to uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, Like if I'm, I'm, Trying to fill the need that that trauma created. Uh, there's a word for that, but I'm not thinking of it right now. So, so yeah, manipulation is. I mean, it's it's everywhere, right?
1: <laughs> well, I I think to a degree. I, I think. Well, the way we started off too, like the fact that I'm going to diet, it just kind of highlighted for me where i'm being manipulated and not as like some grand conspiracy i don't mean it as a grand conspiracy but i feel there's so much manipulation happening through social media through uh different groups of people who think their words are right and if they're if you don't agree with them then you're a horrible person you're a bigot you're all these terrible 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 things Mm -hmm. man that's just like you're manipulating me to be like you Mm -hmm. and and so I, I kind of thought about that with like the, the media I was consuming, like what is it manipulating me to be like? And who is me below all these things that have been manipulated? And where are the places that I'm still being manipulated that I may not even see? Mm-hmm. And I, I hope to always be clear enough and I hope to always keep working with this medicine to be clear enough to see these subtle forms of manipulation like freaking bejewel, the stupid exploding rubies all over <laughs> my eyeballs you know yeah it's such a subtle thing and i was so enjoying it but i think the biggest place is in relationship and man everything is relationship so of course manipulation is you know really everywhere it's within everything Mm -hmm. unless we're clear within ourselves unless we're super honest with ourselves unless we're super honest with the person who's who's with us you know i i will i'll be honest and, and sometimes when we first get on the podcast i want to be like hey hey everybody hey, hey 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 how you how you doing man it's been a long time you know like it's this like really cool we had this persona but man that that persona can only hold water for like two minutes and then we start getting into conversation i'm like oh yeah i don't want to be that i want to be real and i want to be honest and so I always have this anxiety around this, like this need for the mask of like, ah, I gotta be here and show up in this certain way. And it's not, and it's it's starting to get to a place where it's actually super uncomfortable to be there. Mm-hmm. Like we kind of spoke about in the last podcast, like I, I, man, I don't like, I don't like lying anymore. Mm-hmm. I, I really don't. And I don't find it useful. And so this is where this, this after listening to last or Podcast 11, I started to really think about, like, God, like, I need to be, I don't need to be more real. I just need to be real. I just need to be within my center and just enjoy these conversations I have with a very, very close friend.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And that's it. And the listeners, of course. But I'm not here to put on a facade. I'm not here to manipulate myself to be like, and I'm not here to manipulate the li- the listeners to like me. Mm-hmm that's that's like the, it's like a subtle edge i guess
0: yeah totally yeah absolutely i and i'm not here to the same thing i mean and i know that i often hold back saying something i might be thinking and it, you know it's a tricky navigation too it's you know especially when speaking in like a public sphere where anybody can listen to this and listen what we have to say and So I almost feel at times more like I'm holding myself back. Like there's more on the line with every word that I express because it's now out there forever on the internet. Because even if you delete a video or a podcast, it's still there somewhere. I mean, people can download stuff and keep it. And in a time where it seems like there's no... Like... People are canceling people right now from what they said 40 years ago, like, or people that are already dead, you know? So it's, I don't know who those people are. Everyone I know and my friends are all reasonable and they understand that we, if we're open, we have opinions that might shift and we have views that might change. But there's something about the internet where I could download something that you say and I can replay that a thousand times over and over again. So it seems like that's exactly who you are. And so on this topic of manipulation, it's like, you know, if I'm holding myself back and not saying everything I think yet, I'm just not, because I'm just not there yet with my comfort level here. And it is my intention to get there. To really come to a place where I am, uh, where I completely can just own whatever I feel and say in the moment, and the fear of what other people are going to think—people that I don't know, anonymous people—that fear just melts away, and I can just fully just express it right here and right now. Um, I I look forward to that day. Uh, so I guess on some level, right now, is is like holding back or censoring myself. Is that a form of manipulation? Because I am not expressing my truth. <laughs> I guess it's like I'm manipulating myself.
1: Yeah. I mean I, I it's funny as you were saying that I'm like, God, oh, we do actually manipulate ourselves. <laughs> mm. But but you're right. It's 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 also being aware. Like I'm not gonna come on here and just say completely heinous things. It doesn't make sense. I'm or share something
0: really sensitive to you, you know, or exactly something that's happening you know, or something that's happening in my relationship. It's really not a public, like I don't have to share that. But yeah, no. and I, I, don't think either of us have heinous ideologies or thoughts. But no, still, no. I hold myself back at times. Um, yeah.
1: So. Well, I think, I think that's where we have to become more centered in in our conversations or in ourselves. Um, so that we can tell when we're changing our words to make sure it matches maybe a general idea mm. or if we're actually just stating what we feel genuinely within this moment. Man, absolutely things change day by day. I, I mean, on that topic of what you just said, I was listening, this little clip from Jason's podcast keeps popping up and every time I hear it, I get frustrated because I'm like, wait, I, I should have added and I should have put mm. this and I should have also said within this and. I looked a little tense there and I can't, I can't change that. Mm-hmm. But where do I think really in reality in my life is like, I, I really can't go back in the past and change something, but I can stay in the present and change my perspective within that. I don't want to get caught on this podcast of constantly being super careful that I don't express too much of myself because I want to stay behind the curtain but also I don't feel it's like you said, a need to be like, Oh, here's all the personal things that are happening in my life. And this is what's happening in my bedroom in my relationship in my, you should have seen the bowel movement I had three weeks ago, you know, it's, it's not, that's not important. Um, I think when we're real and honest about the actual genuine emotions that arise through the topics that we're discussing Which actually bring that brings more clarity to me. And it's again, this whole podcast for us is this discovery, this exploration of ourselves openly and vulnerably. Vulnerably? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, okay. See, I didn't even know that word. Some Um, words
0: sound weird when you repeat them, like, vulnerably, (laughs) vulnerably. Yeah, I think that's the
1: word. Yeah. If you get what I'm saying, uh, yeah, (laughs) vulnerably was a good example. Um, Yeah, but again, I think within the topic of manipulation, I think this is something that I want to always keep under a microscope i always want to kind of watch and and notice where i'm being manipulated where i'm manipulating myself like you pointed out where i'm and and that's a really important thing too where i'm manipulating myself well what's a good example of how you manipulate yourself like and not in within the podcast sphere but within life how would you manipulate yourself
2: Mm.
0: Um, by, for example, if, and this might be helpful, but um, if, if I'm in a situation that I don't like and my mind starts just being really negative, I'll manipulate myself by shutting off my mind or distracting myself in some way when my mind is like pointing out something that is not aligned for me in that situation, in that moment. And I'll manipulate myself by distracting myself, you know, by, um, you know, uh, looking at my phone, playing a game, having a beer. Um, So, so manipulating myself away from something truthful that's coming up for me and avoiding it through distraction. I think that's a pretty classic example for me.
1: Wow. So, so not, and,
0: and I think avoiding something I don't want to face. So I manipulate
1: myself out of it. Well, and then you pointed out a really important second part that comes from manipulation, especially self manipulation, is usually either distraction or addiction. Mm-hmm. And so, what I feel through the greater societal sphere or scope is like a lot of times, especially when somebody's a really good manipulator and they're constantly pushing you, it puts a lot of stress on the system. Um, man, if I really needed you to be a better friend, man, if you could just be a better friend and just show up for me and be around and call me every day, I would, man, you would help me save my life. Mm, wow. I'm, I'm on the edge. I'm on the edge. No pressure. No pressure. And,
0: and, no pressure.
1: <laughs> I'm not, I'm okay. Everybody. It's okay. Uh, yeah, no. <laughs> I'm utilizing this as an example sure. and, and I'm, I'm utilizing this. It's my life or you give me attention god to put that amount of stress on you mm-hmm. to say you need to take care of me or else i'm done mm-hmm. or else i'm over mm-hmm. wow like how i can't i i know i can't i can do everything i can to be a good friend i can do everything i can to be there yeah and man that starts to build on you because then you have this idea of god i hope this person doesn't hurt themselves i hope they don't get into drugs I just got to go have a beer and like chill out and not think about this. I just need to go watch some Netflix and just not think about this. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's intense being manipulated. And that's on a personal scale. Now imagine through the political sphere, especially in a time where things are a bit chaotic, especially when times are, we feel like we're on the edge of something. I mean, COVID's really put a pressure on the economy in a huge way. Uh, a lot of incidents that have happened recently have put a huge stressor on the social structures. And now we have these two politicians going at each other, blah, 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 blah. How would that not influence me to feel stressed? And this is what I was talking about this morning. I sit down, have my morning coffee, which is usually my most peaceful time (laughs) of the day. And the first thing is the stressor of politics Mm -hmm. and what's going to happen to America. And yada, 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 yada. You know, and what did I do? I, I even told you this. I, I went and I was like, no, I'm gonna go look at other videos and listen to music and ponder life. Mm-hmm. I distracted myself, like, you know. So, do you think that our major stressors in our lives have been manipulations that have happened to us, and because of that, we've gone into addiction or we've gone into habits that are not necessarily beneficial for us? Mm.
0: Yes, in some way, though I think it's important for me at least to recognize that ultimately I'm personally responsible, even if someone manipulates me. And, uh, I think it's very easy to, for people to slip into of including myself, a victim mentality. So blaming everything, and I know we're not doing this, but blaming everything on manipulation and all of my suffering and all my troubles and all of my shortcomings as a human being, as blaming it on manipulation where, Whereas I think uh, personal work, looking within, whether it's meditation, plant medicine, yoga, whatever it is, and becoming more self-aware on this journey is what allows us to spot and to recognize manipulation when it's happening to us. And so ultimately, no matter what the manipulation is, I think we're always empowered to recognize it and no longer be victims of it or affected by it. And I think simply having this conversation, it's like we both realize on some level that, that there is manipulation happening. And I think we, at least I I also recognize that I have choices. You know, I can drop, I can put the phone down. I cannot use social media. I can make choices to avoid, you know, these certain manipulations that happen. And I can also... Uh, continue to educate myself so that I recognize when they happen because I do think that, yes, they, they, they can be a major source of, of, of stress and trauma response. Um, But ultimately it always comes down to me to, 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 to the fact that I am empowered to not be manipulated. I think that's, that's really crucial because if I weren't, then that's a really, I mean, that means there's no God. I mean, I mean, I don't know what that means, but it's just, it's a terrible prospect that I have no power. I'm just always manipulated. One, you know, there's another tricky manipulation that I think especially happens in politics. And it's the manipulation of saying that, you know, without me, if I'm not in charge and my people aren't in the government, then you can't be happy because i'm going to give you everything you need but you got to vote for me if you don't vote for me you're not going to get it so that form of manipulation that says you need me without me you're nothing that's the most disempowering message that i've ever heard and Mm -hmm. and yet that is such a common message in politics uh, that somehow we need the government that Mm -hmm. we need whatever they're going to give us Mm -hmm. Uh, i think that's terrible because the government is just other human beings and really good politicians are manipulators like they're so manipulative it's crazy uh have to you know that's why they flip-flop on all these different issues and they don't mean anything they say and they're just putting on a show half the time a lot of them not all of them but uh, that's a tricky manipulation because um it basically tells us the citizens that we're not empowered and we need this Big government to take care of us. And, you know, I, I strongly disagree with that as well. I think we'd actually do pretty well if we, without big governments. So maybe that's a little hint on my political
1: views. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> Dropping them slowly.
1: Uh oh. Uh oh. Yeah, I, I agree with that statement 100%. Um, the biggest piece for me, though, is when I'm in my power i usually i always catch manipulation or i mostly catch
2: manipulation. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: when i'm disempowered when i feel weak when i feel out of my element when i feel whatever i i don't see it as well and i kind of go into like this automatic response system and you know i think that comes maybe through old traumatic events and it's not this is not a very common thing as of now I've, hopefully i'm doing more and more work to be able to clear this and make this so it's every moment i can be as empowered as i can try and be but those moments where i do lose that sense of power that lose that sense of self i do fall into those places of looking outwards or you know what does a guru say or what does the, the teacher say or, um mm-hmm. and that's happened a lot with me like it especially being so out of my element within the ship community oftentimes i'm going over to suey and being like uh what should i do and he kind of gives me like the look of like what are you talking about (laughs) like what do you mean what do you what should you do you should do your go go smoke your pipe go over there go and even that for me is like oh he told he told me to do something Ah, i gotta go Mm. so yeah I, i it is my responsibility to make sure i am not being manipulated and i will do everything i can within my power to, to catch those moments when i do fall but i think when those moments when we are weak i, I think that's when we have to be extra vigilant mm-hmm. it's like uh, it's like for us in jiu-jitsu, it's like when we're extra tired man that's when the the techniques actually start to come forward it's like okay i all i know is i just don't want this arm here all i know mm-hmm. is i don't want his leg wrapping around my neck whatever it's like okay in that moment i have this training here so it's like how can we train ourselves to be stronger in our weak moments and like what what maybe for us you and i or for the listeners or for anybody like what would you be your examples of how we can stay strong in our weak moments so we don't fall into that victimhood Mm. of being manipulated or yeah Hmm.
0: that's a really good question actually what what would do you do you have some examples for you like your practice or what what do you do in those weak moments
1: uh well initially i used to just beat myself up pretty bad in that moment while i'm there in that situation just like come on like i know like, face kind of turning red like mm. fake smile mm-hmm. um, going back to one of our podcasts where i talked about like learning to hack the mind I know that in those situations, I may start to go into unconscious reactions to certain things, certain stimuli that are making me feel disempowered or whatever. So I try to create, and I'm not perfect at this. I'm this, I have no right method. This is just what I've done is I have little tricks, mental tricks for myself to catch myself before I fall down too far. Mm -hmm. So I think of, okay, I'm in this situation. And I'm starting to fall into this habit and I'm, of letting this person have power over me, because I feel, not power over me, but I feel disempowered. So I'm allowing, I'm changing my behavior to match my disempowered. Hmm. So instead I, I just shine a mirror on myself and I say, okay, where am I disempowered? And I, I'm always a bit tough on myself because I like to be tough on myself, but where, where am I being disempowered? Is this person pushing me against a wall? Are they looking to fight me? Are they telling me I'm stupid outwardly? No, no, no. Okay, check, check, check. Okay. Why am I succumbing and allowing myself to be manipulated into uh, – Here's an example. Uh, a lady comes up to me, and, and she's begging me to buy her tela, and she's just she just really needs me to buy this tela, and and I feel terrible. I feel awful.
0: A tela, like for those who don't know, is uh, embroidered, uh, like, Artwork basically.
1: <laughs> and I feel awful and it feel like oh I gotta I gotta help this person. It's my responsibility to help this person because she's not gonna be able to sell this. So I I have to help her. Hmm. Okay, so now I'm I'm actually in my disempowered moment because I feel bad for this person. I'm putting myself on a, a pedestal, like I'm gonna be the savior by giving her whatever fifty solos, hundred soles, whatever her tele cost, and that's gonna help her. No, that's that's not, and I'm I'm actually coming to this woman from a place of disempowerment because I feel either, oh, I feel so bad for you, so here's what you, here, I'll give you whatever you ask for, Mm. or "Ah, I'm going to save you, here you go, and they're both, they're both these polar opposites, Mm. and most times, like, the hardest thing for me to actually do is just say no. And so when I know I'm in a situation where I'm being pushed to do something I really don't feel like even if I don't want to even if it's the most uncomfortable thing the first thing I say is no. Mm-hmm. And and I doesn't I, I don't have to have an idea formed around it an explanation anything. All I say is no. Mm-hmm. And that's my cue. That's my first cue of stopping myself from falling too far. No. Mm-hmm. It's well. And, mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't I and maybe you have a different method or maybe there's a you know if you have some other ideas around well that.
0: that's an interesting example because um like you know i'm in europe now i'm back in berlin and one thing you see a lot here are people asking for money on the street you know and so it it's a little different than someone trying to sell you know a tela but that's a that's a really interesting one because i you know i witness in myself and others when this happens uh there is in some cases, people just ignore the beggar completely because they're uncomfortable and they're afraid to just say no. So if they're ignoring them, what they're saying is, no, but I'm, I don't want to say no because I'll feel bad. That's the way I interpret it. Or they'll give them money. Um, and I caught myself yesterday and actually it felt good. Like sometimes I give them money, sometimes I don't. It really just depends. I generally actually don't so much but I do on occasion if I feel like it I don't know but uh this guy came up to me and a younger guy and he's like hey can I have some money can I have one euro and I was like no man (laughs) okay yeah you'll be right back I'll finish this story in a moment but um yeah so I'm, I'm here in Berlin and oh Felix is already back so great uh, yeah. So I just, with that, with that, with that guy asking for change, I just looked him in the eye. I've never done this before. And I was just like, no, like you did, you know? And it, but it came from a really, uh, like, I didn't even think about it. It was just like a response in the moment. And it felt really grounded. And the guy looked at me in the eye, he's like, okay. And he moved on. Like, there was no, like, no, oh, like, no space for either of us to feel like bad about the situation because I was really clear and um, centered and grounded. It wasn't aggressive. It wasn't fearful. It was just like, no, like that's it. No questions (laughs) asked. And uh, if I'm a baker, if I'm asking for money on the street, I would far more appreciate that response than being ignored. And, Maybe the ignore response also comes from people who are just so, like it happened, you know, I've seen restaurants where a person will have to interact with a beggar like 10 times in the course of their meal. And maybe it just gets so tiresome that you just ignore them. But, but the, the part of me that when I feel connected to my humanity, I think it's important to acknowledge if someone asks me something or asks me for something, to acknowledge them as a human being and just say yes or no. And more often than not in those situations for me, it's just no. Um, so I forget what the question was, but, um, yeah, basically. Oh yeah. So the question is just like, how do we like, do I have any practices? Like you said, you know, for you, it's just like saying no and being really clear right away. Um, for me, it's, uh, so sometimes I notice when people are selling me things and they're manipulative or any manipulation, I just try to slow it down. So for me, it's just like, take a breath and ask, I'm like, please just slow down for a moment. Uh, so trying to slow things down. I think a lot of manipulation, it can happen really quickly, especially when it's in an interaction with someone. Um, so ask him to slow down, uh, Yeah, you know, to be honest, I don't really have a a practice uh, or something specific other than I'm just always trying to live uh, sincerely and genuinely and to call it out when I see someone not behaving in that way. So I think just honestly calling it out, (laughs) like that's bullshit. No, (laughs) no. (laughs) or it doesn't have to be in those words, but if someone's just really obviously trying to manipulate me into something then, and I know it. um, I think it's really important just to be uncensored within those situations and be really clear with the boundaries. Like you said, I think a simple no is all it takes, but um, you know, obviously there are different situations that are more complex and maybe require more than just a simple no, you know, but um,
2: yeah.
1: Yeah. And I, I, man, I, I think within that simple no, it's like, it's so often that we're saying no here Mm -hmm. and we're not saying it here in in a lot of situations. Like I find myself, I do that a lot where it's like, I'm saying no, 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 no in my mind, but I haven't vocalized anything. And Mm -hmm. for me, that, that external no is just the cue of like, no, like, no, 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 Mm. I'm good. You know, like, and that kind of snaps me out of the reverie of being so stuck in my head of like, no, no, no. I'm going to humor this and I'm going to, okay, okay, fine, fine, fine.
0: So what's the part of you that like is hesitant to express it? Is it, Mm. so you're thinking no, 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 but you don't until you interrupt that pattern. But before you interrupt it, like, what is it that keeps, you know, keeps you from, from just saying no?
1: I think it's like the, for me, the internal struggle of morals. (laughs) which sounds strange uh of like i should be a good person you know i should have compassion i should take this you know i should get over my own arrogance or ignorance or pride or whatever it is and just here take everything you know have you know take the things from me that that you think you need or i don't i don't know i i feel it's guilt actually Mm. at the core Uh i feel guilty for not for what i don't i'm not sure I think guilt is the only word I can really put on it. Mm. Uh, yeah, I feel guilty because it looks, you know, Peruvians are really good at making you feel bad. <clears throat> so you buy their product. Mm. And, and it's not like, a, not as a bad thing. They're just, they're really good salespeople. They can really convince you like, I puppy, por favor, por favor. Tap into papas the emotion. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's like, oh, you know, here, these, these are the best potatoes I've ever had. Come on, you got to try them. You're going to love them. Come on, puppy. And I find myself getting emotional with them, like, oh, God, yeah, those must be mm. the best. Of, oh, and, you know, I don't need potatoes at all, but I'm going to buy them. Why? I feel guilty. Like, mm. And it's not, it's not going past the, the place of being like having no compassion whatsoever. I think it's being in your power is also having compassion as well. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of people are afraid to be in their power because they think compassion is a, a road of giving everything away, mm. whatever it is. Yeah. And, and that's my assumption or my idea. So,
0: I almost think in a lot of those types of interactions, like you mentioned, if I look at myself in those interactions, it's almost like that guilt or whatever it is, I'm actually putting more value on that person's request than on my own wants and needs. And I don't th- yeah, I don't think that's, that's helpful to anyone really, because I, I'm basically devaluing myself. Some, it's some part of me in those interactions thinks that I'm not worthy or that I am less worthy than them, or that in some, sometimes it's also maybe part of me thinks that they are, that person that's requesting something of me is somehow inferior and weaker. And then it's my job to, 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 to make them less weak, that somehow, uh, they're weaker than me and
1: no way to be honest that's it yeah yeah, because that's exactly it at the basis of it i think that's where that guilt comes from is like Mm. oh poor you you know you need help you really need help and i guess like i'm the only option and Mm -hmm. it's a yeah it's kind of painful actually
0: Mm -hmm. yeah and it's also like you need help and and I can give it to you, even though I really don't want to buy this right now. And it, but I'm just gonna do it because your need for help is more important than my not wanting potatoes right now. You know, th- this is a this is an interesting topic, really, to get into because we're getting into like topics of like charity and um, economic disparity between people and how what to do about that and. You know, it's even trickier being in Peru and being a foreigner in, in Peru and where there is a quite a large population that uh, isn't economically doesn't have as much as most foreigners there. But in some ways, I think they're wealthier in many other ways, <laughs> like with their families and the their relationships. Um, But yeah, what it comes down to, to me is, uh, do I value myself as much as the person I'm interacting with? And uh, I think in a lot of, I think the place where I really learned to say no with all that was when traveling in Morocco, like Moroccans are notoriously really good at selling and they're, man, they have it down to a science, you know, and just learning to say no, like I don't want a carpet. I just, I don't want it. Because if, if that's all it comes down to, you can't really say anything else. Like the potato guy, I love you, man. I don't want potatoes. I, I just don't want potatoes right now. But thank you. Like, <laughs> so just really being honest for me, it's like, this is honestly why I'm not buying that carpet, because I don't want it. It's not because, you know, I'll I'll catch myself being like, oh, it's really nice, but it, ah, I just don't have any money with me or um, I'll come back tomorrow and check it out. Yeah, I'm never coming back. Like that's doing nobody any favor. So it's just like, what's the absolute truth in this moment? I don't want potatoes. Mm. I just don't want them. I, maybe I already have some potatoes at home or maybe I've eaten enough potatoes, but uh, it's like and and i think there's a really nice like or a loving way like we can still be loving human beings and say no so it's just like papi gracias pero no quiero papa no necesito no quiero no voy a comer las papas gracias te quiero
1: <laughs> i love you yeah I, I love the i actually really enjoy the peruvian response too which is just gracias they don't even say I, no they just say gracias uh-huh which is great. Like, it's it's a very kind way and I've, I've utilized that more than saying no. Like mm. When I feel really uncomfortable, sometimes it's just like, gracias, gracias.
0: Yeah, that's better. I mean, that's also good. It's just like, thank you for the offer. Like, gracias. Yeah. And I, but, and I mean, all of these... Oh, go ahead. No, I just think this is really uh, essential, you know, for me on, on my journey of just... This is a topic you and I talk about a lot. It's this journey towards being authentic like our authenticity journey and it's life the journey through life provides so many opportunities to see to check our authenticity and i think what you're bringing up like people selling things uh and or people begging for money like it's really it really it's a chance to really check our authenticity like can i be authentic in this moment you know uh, when it's somebody asking me for something and uh for me, it's also about letting go of ideas of right or wrong with that. Like it's somehow wrong to not give money to someone begging for money on the street. Uh, I think what's, what would be, if there's anything wrong, it's being cold to them and ignoring them and not acknowledging that that's a human being, like that we are connected in spirit,
1: uh, or lying
0: or lying, like
1: said before, Yeah.
0: which how many times has someone asked me for change? And I'm like, I'm sorry, I don't have any change. Like that's, that's a little lie but it it's the it's the one that every that's what everybody says to him so instead it's like no i'm sorry or no i can't say i'm sorry either because that's also inauthentic because i'm not if i were sorry then i would then i would give him money yeah so it's just like no
1: (laughs) yeah Oof. yeah great this is amazing yeah And, and and i mean for for everyone who's listening like these are very small examples and Personal small examples. I can think of many other instances, which with much larger consequences and and harsher thing, yeah, harsher consequences for myself personally, or putting me in places where I didn't, I really wanted to say no, and either got hurt or, you know, ended up in a two year relationship, kind of (laughs) not a two year Mm -hmm. relationship. I don't mean that. Um, (laughs) I've been down that road. Like a. I, yeah, I didn't want to go down there too far, but uh, but it's that it's that kind of thing that in that small example, of like checking our authenticity, even just with somebody who's asking us for money or somebody who's asking us to buy potatoes or to buy something we don't want to buy and we're feeling guilty. It's like that's the perfect moment to start building the strength to say no to bigger things, mm-hmm. to say no to whatever. If you really don't feel like doing it, you probably shouldn't do it.
0: Yeah. And your body, I mean, the body, I think is, there's a book, I think it's Gabor Mate when the body says, no, I haven't read the book, but I suspect, you know, it's really about your body answers a lot of things for you before you have to say anything. And there are situations where I can just feel that it's a no, but historically I will have gone against that feeling to please somebody or to, you know, so people like me, uh, but, the body knows the answer and i think there's a skill in developing just body awareness and if you just like i wonder where my life would have gone in so many instances if i had just listened to that when the body contracts you know the breathing shortens and the body contracts and gets tense like that's that's no the body's
1: saying no <laughs> so yeah and, and i don't want to like have this kind of negative outlook on life. I think no is probably the most important word, especially nowadays that we need to start utilizing again. Mm
2: -hmm.
1: When, when there's so many pressures to be so many other things, when there's so many pressures to have so many certain views and to like certain people to not like certain people, uh, I think it's super important. On the other hand, I also think saying yes, the life is important, but it has to be with uh, a body. Yes. It has to be with, like, I want to be more and more careful when I say yes. I want to make sure I really mean yes. Mm. Because there's so many times where I've been like, somebody's like, hey, man, we should go out and go, uh, you know, go to this football game. And then we'll pregame in the car and we'll we'll drive up there. And I'm like, yeah, let's do that. I'm like, actually, wait, I don't really want to drive drunk in a car. Mm. You know, I I don't want to drink and drive. I don't have open liquor in the car. I'm not trying to go to jail. Uh, but I guess I'm going to do it because I don't want to like seem like a weirdo or an outcast or like, you know. Mm. I've I've done that. I've done those things. Mm -hmm. Um, I've said yes so much faster than saying no. Yeah.
0: I think it's also important to distinguish, like there are times where something's good for me, but at the last minute, my mind will say no because of fear and it's a different kind of no, you know? So like maybe it's like right before it's time to record for the podcast and get nervous. And then, you know, that part of the mind's like, no, maybe no. We we should just do it later. You know, no, no. Uh, so it's it's also learning to distinguish. Like, it's it's really you know watching the mind like a hawk, you know, and what and listening to the body, watching the mind, and really distinguishing what's what we truly want and need in our life.
1: <laughs> wow, well said. Yeah. So. Ooh. I got to process all this, man. It felt like a ceremony. <laughs> but I, I think
0: it's a really amazing, uh, or just an important discussion, this manipulation idea. and Like, what do you think of manipulators, those who are willingly and knowingly manipulating others or another person to get what they want out of them?
1: I mean, that person typically is traumatized or has had trauma in their life where they felt powerless, where they felt they actually had to, especially from a very young age, had to do something extreme to get a reaction, to get attention. To get love. To get get love, uh, to get their desired object of pleasure, whether it's a cookie or a video game or whatever. I think those people often become the very, very prominent manipulators. But I also think people who have been subtly manipulated that have had parents who are narcissistic or sociopathic uh, that often become the worst kind of manipulators because they try to use subtle means to get people to do what they desire. Mm -hmm. And so, of course, it's just trauma that's traumatizing other trauma that's passing on this kind of torch of how to approach life to get what you want. And yeah, it's, it's super dangerous. I mean, I I think of an example I read about um, people who have been abused. So oftentimes people who have been abused often become the abuser later on.
0: Something like 90, I think it's like 99% of people who are convicted of sexual abuse were sexually abused. It's, it's, it's almost all of them.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So they, they pass on this demon so to speak, again, to the person that they Mm abuse. I think the same thing is with manipulation. And I think because it's such a powerful tool to get, I mean, it can move nations. It can move the world. It can do anything. If you have the right tools of manipulation and you know just where to hit people where they're the most afraid Mm -hmm. or where they're the most insecure, that's the best way to move a whole nation. Mm -hmm. We can, you know, if we think about... um, A lot of these wars, uh, let's let's say the Vietnam War, for example. We had to make sure that we were really afraid of these people. Or let's say the Cuban Missile Crisis, sorry. Cuban Missile Crisis, the Cold War. This whole situation was based on fear. These whole wars, these pretenses to destroy each other was just with the idea of, man, they could kill us. Oh, my God, man. When we roll in jujitsu, if you get me in a uh, uh Leon, you have me on a rear naked choke, you can kill me. Does that mean I'm going to freak out and then go to the war against you and try and kill you? No. I, just the idea of knowing that this person can kill you shouldn't make me want to go and be, you know, super afraid and let's go to war with this person. Um, those, those are, I mean, those are my ideas. It's just, it's a... It's just, is, it's perpetuated. And I think because now modern psychology is seeing that, I don't know, maybe 90% of households utilize manipulation for the children to do what they want them to do, or vice versa, the children manipulate their parents to do what they want them to do or to get what they want to get. I mean, that's how we actually get breast milk. That's how we get attention is we cry. We know that, oh, if I cry, I get attention. If I cry and scream, and throw a fit, they're going to want me to shut up, so I'll get that box of cereal mm. mm-hmm. man, we learn how to be the best manipulators. We learn how to be the best from day one it's It's a part of survival um, so i I guess is it is it an essential part of living? I don't think so. I think it's a virus that's kind of manipulated its way <laughs> moved <Ew>. its way <laughs> sure. yeah we'll move this way into, into the human psyche in a way that that we feel that this is the best way to live for some reason. And that's mm-hmm. a very generalized statement. I don't mean it's everybody. Please don't take this as everyone does this. But to some, to some degree, yes, we all manipulate people in our lives. Uh, we mm-hmm. manipulate ourselves ultimately. Mm-hmm. Um, so where's the first manipulator? Mm.
0: Well, I think it's important what you touched on at first is just, especially when talking about like individuals manipulating me and just recognizing that it, it probably comes from trauma or a lifetime of being manipulated themselves. And it's maybe it's even cultural for them. And uh, to me, that's important to recognize because it recognizing that it comes from suffering essentially uh, allows me to say no with compassion, you know, like instead of just like a angry, violent reaction, which I don't think helps anybody, including myself, but uh, just always recognizing that even th- that the perpetrator was a victim of something at some point. And so that, that makes my no even more, I think powerful for me because it's like a compact, it's like, no, like it, it's not coming from hate. It's coming from, compassion. And I'm, you know, in some ways I feel like I'm playing my part in stopping this cycle of manipulation or abuse or whatever it is, you know? So, yeah. But then, you know, like, what about like, so I, I, I've been reading this book, uh, called the rise and fall of the third Reich. And it's about Hitler and how he came to power and I'd always told myself that I always thought I or assumed, especially since, you know, learning about trauma, I assumed that Hitler must have been abused and traumatized like really badly as a child. Um, but this book doesn't, and maybe there's something that this book doesn't mention, but it doesn't talk about that at all. Like he had a difficult relationship with his father um, and they moved around a lot, but nothing like out of the ordinary, nothing that you would say oh that's what led to him becoming the biggest mass murderer in history so yeah it just led me to to also question my assumption that, that everything is like trauma at least trauma from this lifetime like you know and this is a different topic but like i just i wonder like can people be born evil or born as sociopaths and that it actually didn't come from any influence in this current lifetime
1: Man, that's a, oh,
0: it's a big one, right? I thought about it.
1: Yeah, it's a big one. I thought about that. I, I don't know. Um, I think, I think we're born with a clean slate each time. I think that that doesn't mean that influences from prior lifetimes, from can't start bleeding through as we grow older. Mm-hmm. I, I've met some children in my life where I'm like, there's something evil in there uh you know that it's i think it can follow you through time and i think it's your karma to or somebody's done something supremely evil to you so you have to experience what it's like to be that person or that evil Mm. or
0: like in a previous life yeah yeah
1: so i think of like hitler for example i thought about this like okay well what was hitler's karma did the whole you know, was it all the Jews that beat Hitler up as a kid and stoned him and killed him? Because there was
0: the none of that. Yeah.
1: Apparently you know?
0: that didn't happen. Yeah.
1: Well, I mean like in, in a prior lifetime. Oh, right, right, right. What was his karma coming in that he did this? Because karma is, is all about scales. It has to be balanced. And I don't mean this in, in a non-compassionate way. There's some reason that that had to happen to that right group of people. And the people who are enlightened enough to see that are like the Tibetans. Like the Tibetans knew at some point they would lose Tibet, that, you know, it would come into the fall of the reign of China. And they would, it's, I mean, even now it's still happening. Because, mm-hmm. You know, it's at a place where they have to take down their prayer flags and mm-hmm. they can't practice their religion. Uh, a lot of the lamas said, no, we knew this was going to happen. This is our karma.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: So if they're saying this is our karma, that means that they're paying back something they have done that race or that group of people has done in a prior existence right so if a person is coming in inherently evil it could have been that somebody was inherently evil to them and they hated that person so much they hated this person this idea of evil so much they had to come into that incarnation evil and experience it for themselves
0: yeah yeah so like when, when I bring reincarnation into this thought process, it reincarnation, like will explain everything like, like that, you know, because otherwise the only explanation for something like Hitler is just like, he's just randomly evil, you know, which I think is what a lot of people believe, especially people who are, you know, atheist or just don't believe in reincarnation, but reincarnation makes that scenario much more feasible and understanding like oh, yeah, of course, you know, karma. Like, because it seemed like from the day he was born, like there was just something like, according to how this book is written, you know, just something like off about him, you know, and um, interesting. Yeah, I, it's funny. I hadn't even like thought about the reincarnation view of things and that totally, that makes it like make sense. <laughs> because, well, if, if yeah. Go ahead. Oh, go ahead. No, no, please.
1: I was going to say, if any of the listeners are really interested in reincarnation or this idea of reincarnation, uh, I don't recommend directly diving into like uh, Hindu texts or, or Tibetan texts. I actually recommend diving into a guy by the name of Edgar Casey. Mm. Edgar Casey was called the sleeping prophet. He did over 2000 readings, past life readings for people. And over 2000 of them were correct. Or sorry, over 1,999 were correct. The only two, sorry, 98 were correct. The only two that were incorrect were, he accidentally read for a twin once, and he accidentally read for a person who was not in the room. So he couldn't actually get a clear reading on it. So there's a whole foundation that that was created around Edgar cases It's called ARE. Um, and you can find it online, are.com. But it's the research for... Uh, extra psychic phenomenon and, and I- incarnation and so Edgar Casey he would give people these readings of their past lives and he would say okay this current relationship you have with your sister well your sister was your mother in your past life and she was like she was really brutal to you she treated you terribly and by the end of her life she felt horrible about it and she wanted to change everything so she came in to be your best friend in this next life and so she's going to do anything for you at any point. And it shows true wow. throughout this person's life, like the, mm. how this person behaves towards them.
2: Mm.
1: Uh, other examples is where he would do a past life reading for somebody and they would go back and do research and find the grave of this person and see all the things that this person liked and enjoyed. And I'd be like, wow, that's why I like red bicycles with ba- white baskets on them. Mm. As a kid in this past life, I only wanted that. Mm. that's really it's really just a kind of fascinating tangent but i i absolutely love edgar casey's work
0: huh I'll, I'll have to check that out myself like the i read one book about it about reincarnation it was called uh, many lives many masters i don't know if you read that one.
1: Oh yeah that yeah, was at the for, temple
0: yeah and i forget the author but uh if i recall correctly it was also uh, stories of like children who recall their past lives and they're able to like research it and like everything that the child is saying because children are often the ones that have a really clear memory of a past life and they can express it so clearly down to the finest details and uh, it often happens in India these situations because in India if a child starts talking about past life people actually listen they're not just like oh you're just in some fantasy world they like really pay attention because I think some of them do because they believe this is true and yeah and then they research all these facts and
1: and it'll prove itself to be true so it's that's a, yeah that is amazing
0: man wow
1: so i i think and, and there's some there's a a book that i an audio book i have by edgar casey or um about edgar casey and within this book there's something that edgar casey says over and over again he says if you can think of this living world that we're in he's like it's a computer system not like the matrix, but just it's, it's so intelligent and calculated. It knows how to maintain things in complete balance all the time. And that goes for down to the smallest grain of sand, you know, up to the the largest mountain. It's, it's all calculated. And so it's doubly. So for us as humanity, as human beings who make choices and make decisions, our actions will always have some kind of energy behind them. And will have either a repercussion, a negative repercussion or consequence, or a very positive one. Mm-hmm. And so it, it kind of helps us like, oh, it it makes sense. Like, I know that if I punch somebody in the face, I'm probably nine times out of ten gonna get punched back, unless that person's really good. And if not, that person chooses not to punch me, I could get punched by somebody else. And it probably will happen. And I and I've had experiences like this where I'm like. You know, I'll, I'll tell my dog, no, no, don't do that. And then I find myself doing like digging in the same spot that I just told her not to dig or something silly like that. And I'm like, wait, I just, I just did what I told her not to do. And I had a lot of energy behind that. So within this, within this living system, of course, our actions always have consequences. Mm-hmm. And how can you not think that energetic, like massive energetic actions such as you know the nuclear bombs; they don't have massive karmic repercussions. Mm. True. Yeah,
0: I mean, if you look at you know societies as a whole and cultures who who have done like pretty heinous things, I just think of like the Inquisition, for example. Um, and yeah, that's karma for an entire society. Like, how does that play out? And also, what, where did that come from? So those people were the result of some other karma previously and yeah the whole karma thing especially when i'm in medicine spaces and i'm really connected with a plant that allows me that helps me to see these things clearly it's just so obvious it makes complete sense sometimes it's hard for me to wrap my wrap my my mind around it when i'm in an ordinary state of consciousness but um, yeah It it makes complete sense, and and I feel like basically we just we our karma is finished once we've worn every single possible mask of human life that it's possible to wear. We have to do it all. We have to be every single person to really like understand. Like, because what is with the Hindu view? Like, is there a point where we're done with the karma?
1: Yeah, I mean, there can be. There's like the supreme states, is reaching awakening. Know, romantic state. yeah, awakening. Yeah, of awakening. Yeah. Uh, one of my favorite teachers through that tradition is uh, Swami Shivananda. Mm-hmm. And Shivananda set up a whole amazing school about yoga. And definitely check out Shivananda. I won't go down that rabbit hole too much, but. Um, <laughs> He has a really beautiful little talk on YouTube that I'll I'll send to you, Al, and we can put it on the, okay. on the page. But he says, uh, "Karma, karma, my karma. Why does everyone complain about your karma?" He's like, "Just do your work. Be a good person. You can change your karma now. You can. Ch- Destiny is in your hands. Mm. Literally. He's like, change it now. You are not. You are not a a prisoner of your karma.
2: Mm.
1: And I and I always like to." Like I like the idea of karma. I like knowing that there are greater consequences, or greater, you know, there are rewards for past goodnesses and past mm-hmm. kindnesses, and, and there's, you know, punishment for past. Uh, uh, what would you call it? Uh, sins or like sins?
0: Yeah. yeah or harm, sins. or hurting, or violence. Absolutely.
1: Or, yeah. There, there are consequences for it, but I don't want to be a victim of fate. Like exactly. Me, you
2: know? Mm -hmm.
1: I'm not, I'm not going to be a victim of fate. I'm going to stand within my center and be like, okay, this is a terrible situation. So it seems in front of me, I'm going to approach it from a place that I've never approached this before. And every time you do that to a terrible situation or a hard situation or a situation where you can be angry, you're, you're changing your karma. Mm -hmm. You're changing how the world will interact with you. And this is how we have so much power as human beings yeah. destiny is literally sitting in our hands waiting for us to start molding the clay mm. i i hate fatalistic ideas of like eternal damnation or even eternal heaven you know those are both kind of damning fatalistic they don't make sense mm. you know within this i hope the adventure that i choose as a soul is never ending is always growing and being ignorant at times and, and falling down and also picking myself up and also exceeding. Mm. Uh, I don't want a, a world that's all, everything's arranged right side up because it just doesn't make sense.
0: Totally, man. I hear what you're saying. And so like, it's about not not blaming everything on karma, but taking ownership of it. And I to- that was beautifully put. I want to live in that world too, where my life and my experience is a response to how I respond to life as it comes at me, and sometimes, you know, I might not see immediate results to uh, a mindful, skillful action in my life, but my life tends to uh, feel better when I stay centered and respond to life instead of reacting, right? So it's like reacting is a mindless response to a situation which inevitably creates more karma in the karmic view instead of seeing the situation for what it is and responding mindfully. And then I think that's how we work through karma, right? Like instead of creating more karma by responding or reacting to something with more violence, uh, we just let it pass.
1: Well, it goes into that, that space that we talked about before, like the unconscious action, like my unconscious response to feeling manipulated. Mm. Like I, as soon as I go into an unconscious place, I'm going into a karmic place. I'm going to a place of ignorance or like a, a, like a fatalistic state because mm-hmm. I'm giving up my, my ability to make a clear, decisive choice or a clear, decisive action from a place of centeredness. I'm not perfect, and I want to keep reiterating that on this mm-hmm. podcast. I'm, I'm always learning, and I'm always making mistakes. And I just, I just keep striving every time I make a mistake, even like I catch it later on. I go back into that moment, and I try to reestablish myself in a centered place. So I don't have to be afraid of my past as well. I'm not going to let my past be like, oh, yeah, that's going to determine you know, how I behave in the future. Or I'm going to let this beat me up forever. No, I'm actually going to genuinely admit to that. I made that mistake and I'm going to consciously be there again and change that situation. Mm. This centered, Being centered in the self is not this super supreme idea or enlightenment or some state of floating six inches off the ground. Being centered in yourself is just trying to be as clear as you can in every situation so that you can catch yourself when you fall into these places of victimhood or empowerment. And yeah, it's let's keep shaping our reality in our favor.
0: (laughs) Amen. Dude, I think that's a perfect place to, to wrap this one up. Um, That's really beautifully put. So thank you, man. And uh, I I propose for the listener, if i I think sometimes it's nice to leave with a question like if anyone wants to inquire within and this this what we were talking about earlier and you brought this up is the question of like how do i manipulate myself so So, yeah. yeah yeah so if anyone um we invite you to consider that one i'm going to consider that one myself because i think it's a really it's actually a really important question and uh if you want to share your answer what you've come up with feel free to email us um i'll share the email address in the intro and yeah just send it our way and you can we can read it anonymously but if you'd like to share this i just find that sometimes sharing our experiences like helps others to connect with their own truth in a way and also realize that we're really going through the same things (laughs) so we're we're partners on this journey (laughs) absolutely so yeah, yeah.
2: beautiful
0: so feel, feel free to email us how do I manipulate myself and uh, on the next episode we'll share share what we've heard so cool man well there's a chance the next episode we'll be together in Peru I don't know I'm still figuring it out if I can get on well, the fingers flight crossed. fingers crossed yeah. so we'll see I'll, I'll be somewhere <laughs> and uh, I wish you a really amazing and beautiful diet and just you, uh, time with Your plant, man, whatever plants you're dieting. So,
1: my plant man, (laughs) yeah,
0: your plant. Cool.
1: Thanks, everyone.
0: Thank you guys. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time on Beyond Words. Peace. Peace. Ciao. Ciao.